Matthew 28, 18-20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right now, we are in the middle of this, this, this short sermon series, sort of unpacking our mission as a church. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it and turn to Matthew chapter 28. That's what we're going to be at this morning. Matthew chapter 28. But hey, I'd love to start with a, sort of like a fun little fact that you probably didn't know about me. And that's that I like to talk to myself, like a lot. Like, my wife's nodding her head, yes, here. Like, I like to talk to myself out loud. And if you're part of our church plant family, you're probably thinking, like, I, I already knew this guy was crazy, right? Like, this just confirms that. But, but seriously, like, all the time, like, I, and the reason is because I'm a, I'm a verbal processor, all right? I'm a verbal processor. That's why I need these, like, tightly formed notes up here. Otherwise, I'll be, like, processing my sermon as I go, and you guys will be like, where is he going? And I'll be like, I don't know. We'll, I'll tell you when we get there, right? And I also talk to myself because uh, I have a really bad short-term memory. I have a really bad short-term memory, so I rehearse things out loud to myself because it helps me remember them. And so my wife, Alyssa, she discovered this early on in our marriage, right? Like, she discovered this, and she was shocked. She's like, what is, what is wrong with this guy, right? Like, because I'll, I'll be walking into a room, and, and I'll be saying, like, all right, pen and paper, pen and paper, pen and paper. I'll be repeating it so many times, and even if I get distracted for just a little bit, I'm like, okay, why did I go to this room? And, and Alyssa in the other room will be like, pen and paper, right? Uh, and I'm like, what am I looking for? And, and she screams from the, uh, from the other room, pen and paper. And that's because, look, if, if I'm not rehearsing it to myself, then I forget what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And so the point I'm trying to make with that story is really twofold. Like, one, uh, pray for my wife because she puts up with a lot. Um, secondly, it's easy. It's easy to get distracted when we're supposed to be on this mission that we've been sent on, right? Like it's easy for us to lose sight of, of our, our mission in life, our, our, our mission as a family, our mission as a church. It's easy if we're not careful to drift from the mission for which we've been sent. And so that's why we're sort of taking a few weeks to really like unpack our mission statement here at, at King's Cross Church. We want to sort of rehearse it, uh, refresh ourselves on it to sort of like recalibrate our hearts as a church. Because, look, this is an exciting time, an exciting season in the life of our young little church plant. Uh, I mean, just look around the room. Like we've got every single row is filled. God's been doing some pretty cool things in our midst. Like we started this whole thing back in, in Easter. We did uh, this year, we did this soft launch with really just a small group of, of people. And throughout the summer, we sort of more than, more than doubled over the summer as God has been drawing people to this community. And we've seen people growing in their faith uh, for the first time in a while. We've seen people come to faith in Jesus for the first time. 
uh, we have two people getting baptized after the worship service today, right? Amen. Yeah, that's something to celebrate, right? Um, and look, in, in just a few weeks here in, no, in November, in November, we'll be actually moving into RSM Intermediate School, a, a larger space, um, our own space, and we'll be gearing up for really a more public launch in our community uh, by Christmas time. And so, man, we praise God for that, right? We praise God for the good work that he's doing through us, and sometimes the good work he's doing really in spite of us. And we desire to be a faithful witness to all that he's doing and all that he's been doing. Uh, one of the things you'll hear us say is that this, this whole idea of church planting, starting a new church, is, is, is really what we're doing is we're creating fresh encounters with, with an ancient faith. Fresh encounters with an ancient and timeless faith. That's what church planting is all about. And so I want us to continue, uh, if you're part of our, our, our church community, like this is a time for us to just really hunker down and continue praying for those friends, praying for those family members, those coworkers, those, those neighbors that God has placed around us, people that you've been wanting to invite to church because you want them to know Jesus. Like many of us in this room are, are actually here because, look, someone was praying for you. Someone's been praying for you for the last year or, or so, and God drew you here. He stirred in your heart. He placed these thoughts in your mind, and God drew you here. See, God works in sovereign and mysterious ways through prayer, doesn't he? And so let's be, let's be praying uh, for the people that we care about and for our, our larger community that we live in. And so, uh, and so basically to sort of usher us into this, this new season that we're entering at King's Cross Church, we're revisiting our mission. We're revisiting our mission to answer some fundamental questions like, what is it that we're doing here? What is this whole church thing about? Why do we come together like this, like this every single week? What is it that we're, we're, we're sort of aiming for? What is our true north that we need to be shooting for, that we're traveling on? And so our mission, our, our, our mission statement as a church to kind of do a refresher is, is that, that we exist to multiply disciples who live for the glory of God and the good of our neighbors. We exist, like our aim is to, is to multiply disciples, which is followers of Jesus, multiply disciples who live for the glory of God and for the good of our neighbors. You see, and this mission is really a mission that's been shaped by the scriptures, and that's what we're seeing right now. Like last week, we looked at the great uh, commandment in Mark 12. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he says the second greatest commandment is just like the first one, and that's to love your neighbor well, to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, like that's, that's, a, that's a passage in scripture that really informs our mission as a church. And this morning, what we're going to be in is in Matthew 28. The last few verses of Matthew, verses 18 through 20, uh, what, what historians and theologians have called the Great Commission. And what we're going to ask is, so according to the Bible... According to the scriptures, what are churches everywhere? What if churches all throughout time, what are they supposed to be about? 
what are churches supposed to be about? And if we can answer that question, then we have a good sense of like, you know, what is, what is our church supposed to be about? And so let's dive into our text. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18. Beginning in verse 18, this is Jesus speaking. This is sometime after his death, after his burial, after his resurrection. So he already rose from the grave. He already showed that he's the one who defeats death. And he's, he's here with his disciples, his followers. And it says in verse 18, Jesus came, he approached them, and he said to them, he said to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So again, right here is what historians and theologians have called the Great Commission. And so if we want to get a greater understanding of our mission as one local church in God's timeless, redemptive plan throughout human history, then we need to start here with the church's historic mission throughout the ages. We need to start there. Does that make sense? So we're going to walk through three points in this great commission. First, we're going to see that Jesus makes a claim. Second, we're going to see that Jesus gives a command. And thirdly, we're going to see that Jesus promises comfort. Jesus makes a claim, he gives a command, and then he promises comfort. First point, the claim that Jesus makes. We see his claim in verse 18, uh, which again, he says, this is the claim, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is saying here that all authority, all authority in heaven above and on earth below belongs to him. So now, in case you're not good at sort of doing the math, like that's a lot of authority, right? That's a lot of authority. You see, at this point, it doesn't matter what Jesus is going to say next, Right? It doesn't matter what he's going to say next. It doesn't matter what he commissions his disciples to do. You know it's going to get done because he's the one who has all authority, right? It doesn't matter what he asks from them next. We know that it will not fail. It It doesn't matter how hard it seems, how difficult it seems, how scary or impossible it might seem. It will not fail. Why do we know that? Because Jesus is the one who holds sovereign authority over all. You see, he's the one that is fueling this mission. He's the one fueling this mission. And so he tells them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. And now what that word therefore tells us, is that, you know, we could say what that therefore is there for is to show us that this command Jesus is about to give is actually based on, it's actually founded on the fact that all authority begin, belongs to him. Are you guys tracking? Right? So you look at, this, look at it this way. Like, imagine it's like 1950s, 
right? It's 1950s, and Walt Disney, like, approaches you, right? You're at Disneyland, and he approaches you, and he says, hey, look, all authority in Disneyland, it belongs to me. And he shows you his credentials. He shows you, you know, his iconic signature, uh, which confirmed, like, yeah, man, this, this, this is the guy. This man owns Disneyland. Like, he's got more authority than the mouse himself, right? Like, and then Walt says, so now all authority on this, on this park is mine. And so now I'm telling you, like, go therefore because of that. Go now. And I'm telling you, like, you can skip any line that you want, right? Like, if he told you that, then you would know that you could. You would know because the sheer act of you enjoying any ride that you want line-free is based on, it's founded on the fact that, dude, this guy has authority to say that, right? And so when Jesus is the one speaking to his disciples here, and when he says all authority is, is, is his, then like this is the Jesus who created the world, right? He created the whole universe, the swirling hurricane of galaxies and stars and, and black holes, right? Like he created it all with the sheer power of his voice. He sustains it all with the power of his will. And these disciples that he's speaking to, these followers, like, like they not only know these things about him, but they've, they've seen firsthand his credentials, right? Like he calmed a storm by telling it to stop. He's like, stop storming, and it stopped, right? He healed the physically sick by his touch and the spiritually sick by his command. He drove out demons without a fight. It's Halloween time, right? And so you've got like all these movies on, on cable right now, like, like these old movies like The Exorcist or like The, the Conjuring that are going around making, making the waves. And, and, and in these movies, like you, you, you always see uh, there's some scene where like they bring in like a, like a priest or a minister to, to argue with like some demon, right? And what always happens? The minister, like he always gets destroyed, right? He's like really scared. He's sweating. He's like clinging his cross. He's, he's quoting scripture. He's praying in, in Latin, but, but he's getting cursed on. He's getting spit on. Like heads are spinning around. People are walking on the walls and he's like freaking out and they're always scared, right? The minister, the priest, like they're always scared. And, uh, and like obviously that's just like a Hollywood depiction, right? Hopefully you know that, right? Like that's just a Hollywood depiction. But, but that kind of thing, like that kind of image, that portrait that we have in, in Hollywood, like that kind of thing never happens to Jesus. When we open the scriptures, we see that the demons are terrified of him. And these disciples have seen that. They've seen firsthand how terrified they are of him. They've seen his credentials. He says he has all authority, and he's confirmed it to them time and time again. He's confirmed it to them by beating death itself. These are his credentials. And so look, when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, like it doesn't matter what he's going to say next. You know it's going to get done. He gets the job done because he, the one who defeated death, is the one who can make new life flourish, right? You see, Jesus came to restore a broken world. Our world's been broken. It's been broken for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. 
if you don't think it's broken, then you're not paying attention. He came to restore a broken world. He came to make all things new, to clean the stain of sin from, from sinners and from creation, to spread the glory of God. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do that primarily through displaying the greatness of God's grace towards a people. That's where we see the glory of God primarily on display. That's where we see uh, the light of Jesus shine the brightest. That's where we see his strength flex the most. It's in the greatness of God's grace towards a people, towards his church. And so that brings us to uh, the second point, the command. The command that Jesus gives. That's our second point. The command that Jesus gives, we see that in verse 19. When Jesus, he gives them this command, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. Now that word go, that's our first sort of action verb in this command, right? So this is something that we do. This is something that his disciples, his followers, are supposed to, are supposed to act on. And so, you know, we tend to read this and think like, oh, okay, this is like that world missions verse, right? <laughs> this is that world's missions verse, right? Like if you grew up in the church, then you maybe got a shirt on some missions trip at some point, like with this verse on it, right? Like, because this is the verse that tells us we got to leave, we got to go to the nations. And, and in one sense, like that's true. In one sense, that word go refers to that, but there's also this greater sense in which that word go uh, just, just has this sense of, look, as, as you go, as you just live your life, like wherever God takes you, wherever it is that you're living your life, wherever it is that you just naturally go, make disciples there. Make disciples of Jesus. This is what we call like incarnational ministry, right? Like in the same way that Jesus was sent into the world with a mission, he now sends us into the world with a mission. Elsewhere in the Bible, in John 17, Jesus is praying to God the Father, and he says, God, as you sent me into the world, so now I have sent them into the world. So so he sends us. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, I know not all of us are, but but if, but if the Jesus is like your man, right? If, if church is your thing, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, if you're a disciple, then, then you are part of us. You are a sent person. Like we, we can't miss that. Like when we're, when we're planting churches, when we want to consider what is our mission as a church, we want to understand that like God has sent us just as Jesus was sent. Jesus said, Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We talked last week about how sometimes, you know, when like a church gets established and they drift from the original mission that they're like, you know, that we're supposed to have, you can get really inward focused, right? And all the talk, all the conversation in the church is about how like, man, we're better in here and we got to protect ourselves from what's out there. But Jesus says, no, God is, as, as Father, as you sent me into this world, now I send them. You see, like a church planting posture, a missional posture, a great commission posture is 
one of being like a sent people, being a sent person. So he sends us and he says, go, go and make what? Look at verse 19. He says, go therefore, and here's what you're supposed to do when you go, make disciples, make disciples. Now we need to notice something here. Like notice he didn't say go and make converts, right? He didn't say go and make converts. Like the end goal of our going out as sent people is not to have other people say like, sure, like I guess I believe in Jesus, right? I think I have Christian values. I, I'll say the prayer. I'll check that box. Like, that, that's, that's not, like, the bare minimum. Like, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Like, he's saying, like, no, this is about being a disciple. Again, a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And so the goal here, the goal is to have people who have been, like, like so transformed by Jesus, so transformed by what they know about Jesus and that they, that they don't just believe true things about him in, in their heads, but they, they really believe him in their hearts. That's what he's getting at. Where they, You don't just know things about him in your head, but you really believe in him in your heart to where he changes, not just the way that you think, but he changes your passions. He changes your desires. He gives you new desires. He changes your drive. What motivates you? What gets you up in the morning? And with their whole lives, they follow him. Like that's what Jesus is getting at. Make disciples who with their whole lives follow him. You see, this isn't about just saying, yeah, like I believe in Jesus and like leaving it at that where it's just like words, right? This is about being faithful, humble, teachable, It's about longing to know more about him. It's about having a desire to grow deep in the word and deep in community. And look, it doesn't matter, again, where you're at on this spectrum. You could be like a really hardened skeptic here this morning. But if you have questions, if if you have an inquiry, like, man, we want to explore that, right? We want to explore that. We'd love to come alongside you in that uh, and see, like, God, God might be doing something in your heart. You may have been sensing that for, for some time. He's looking for people who, who long to know more about him, who desire, um, regardless of where they start on that spectrum, to, to grow, to learn, to love, and to engage on his mission in this world. You see, that should be good news to us that we, we as, as a people have a mission, a purpose that we, um, that we are marked by, right? Like our lives aren't arbitrary. We're not just here. We're not just space dust, right? We are new creatures. We are ascent people. He's talking here about disciples who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and also love their neighbors as themselves, There are two more verbs in this command. And these two verbs reveal sort of the way that we make disciples. We see them in verses 19 and 20. Um, I'll read the first part again. He says, Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, that's the first one, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And then the second one, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So baptizing and teaching, like a quick note on each of these. First, baptizing, 
all right? He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit. That's what you do with disciples. Jesus is saying, look, if you consider yourself a follower of me, then like you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized. See, baptism is like a joyous event in the life of a church community. It really is. It's like this joyful event in the life of a church community. It's cause to party. It's cause to celebrate. You know, we said earlier after the service here this morning, uh, we're actually having baptisms uh, in, in Dove Canyon at, at the Cragen home. Uh, Dennis is getting baptized. Um, get out of hand, right? Let's celebrate that. Um, we're stoked for you, bro. Um, grateful for you. Uh, but we're, we're having baptisms at the Cragen home just a couple miles down the road from here, and we're going to enjoy good food. We're going to celebrate God's grace at work in the lives of, of, of peop, the people getting baptized. Um, maybe even as you're listening to this sermon, like God's working on your heart, and you're thinking like, man, I, I think I want to get baptized. I haven't done that, right? I consider myself a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're an older follower of Jesus, maybe you're a newer follower, but you're like, I haven't, I haven't done that yet, and I'd, and I'd like to. Um, if, if, you're in, if you're in that boat, like, man, let's talk after uh, this, this service. We'd love to, to serve you uh, in that way. Um, but we're, so we're, we're, we're celebrating uh, after the service with baptisms, and, uh, and look, we, we, we hope that you guys will join us. We hope that you guys will join us. So if you don't have plans right now, uh, we'll see you there. Uh, if you do have plans, change them, right? We're going to have good food. We're going to have a good time. Um, but, but, but look, here's the significance of, of baptism. Baptism is, is a way for the person who's getting baptized by getting immersed in, in water and coming back up. Like this is a symbol. It's a picture that publicly identifies oneself with the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what baptism is. It's a way to publicly identify, to tell the world, look, I'm identifying with the God who, who died and rose again. Look, that, that's why we don't sprinkle babies here, right? Like, we dunk adults. Like, sprinkles are for donuts, right? Um, actually, I just realized dunking's for donuts, too. So, uh, <laughs> that... Uh, I guess that doesn't work, but um, it's kind of a cheap shot anyways. But, um, but look, <laughs> uh, it, I'm embarrassed now. But, um, but look, <laughs> in, baptism, in baptism, here's what's happening, right? Like you as a believer, you're making a public statement. You're making this public statement saying, look, when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that you died to your former life of rebellion against God. But as Jesus was raised from the dead, so you were also raised to new life, to eternal life in a relationship with him. You might remember when we read the assurance of pardon in our time of prayer this morning, uh, Oscar read from, from Romans uh, 6 verse 5, which says, We have been united with him, Jesus, in a death like his, and we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. See, that's what baptism is a picture of. It's identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus. And look, this is why in baptism we go under the water, we get immersed, and we come back up. It's a way to publicly identify with the resurrection and its power on and over your life. 
It's a way of saying, look, not only do I believe in Jesus, but I belong to him. I belong to him. (laughs) And he belongs to me. He has made my life brand new. Another quick important note on on baptism is that, look, baptism, it, it always happens within the context of a local church. And so when, 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 when Jesus is, is, is saying, look, go therefore and make disciples and baptize them, he's, he, that's, that's one way of saying identify them with the resurrection, but also identify them with, with the church, right? Baptism always happens within the context of a local church community. It's not just a way for individuals to say, hey, look, here's who I am. It's also a way for the church to say, hey, look, we are with you. We are with you. And look, look, we need that, right? Like if, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you know like we need that. We need community. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, like you know that too, right? Like we need community. It's because we were made for it. We were made for it. We need authentic community. We need each other. We were not created for a faith that was isolated, we were created to, to, to love one another, to encourage one another, to sharpen one another, to carry one another's burdens, right? And look, like relationships and community are, are not easy, right? They can be messy. They can be, they can be hard. If, if we're honest, sometimes it can be a little burdensome, right? But man, it's worth it. It's worth it to have brothers and sisters around you that just kind of know where you're at with God. We're praying for you who are, who are for you. You see, Christianity is not just about you and Jesus. It's about you and Jesus and, and the community of Jesus. The local church, that's where disciples are made and grown. So, like, don't, don't miss this point, okay? Like, King's Cross... Church, like this local church, is not just a place to attend. It's not just some place that we go to. It's not just some place to attend. It's, it's a people that we belong to. It's a spiritual family. You see, they say it takes a village to raise a child, right? But it takes a church to raise a disciple. Discipleship happens in community, and Jesus here is reminding us of that. The other, other sort of participle in this passage is in verse 20. Again, Jesus says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then verse 20, he says, Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so now, the, the, the other sort of way that we build disciples now is through teaching. Through teaching. Right Through teaching others in the ways of Jesus. Teaching others how to live for the glory of God and the good of their own neighbors. Now, you might read that and think, like, dude, I thought that was your job, right? Like, I thought that was your job up there, right, behind this, this stand. Like, I can't do that. I don't think I have the gift of teaching. Um, look, I barely think I have the gift of teaching. But here's my suggestion to you. If, you, if, you, if that's kind of the boat that you're in, if if you feel like, I don't know if I can teach others, that's not, that's not my gift. My suggestion to you is, is, is this. Um, like, don't think of teaching as standing up and sort of like didactically spewing out like lectures, right? 
teaching theology classes and things like that, right? Like that's not, that's, don't think of teaching in that way. Think of teaching as just kind of doing life alongside somebody, modeling for them what a disciple of Jesus looks like, living in a way that points others in the direction of Jesus, showing them what it looks like to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength, showing them what it looks like to love your neighbors, love your neighbors as yourself. You see, I believe in that in Jesus, I said this earlier, but I truly believe that in Jesus we can find real and satisfying answers to some of life's hardest questions. But look, you don't have to know all the answers as a Christian. You don't have to know all the answers. The first time I ever heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection in a way that I like kind of actually understood it. Uh, I, was, I was in high school. I, forget, I was like a sophomore or junior in, in high school. And I was sitting across from this high school ministry uh, intern uh, with like disheveled hair, right? He was a young guy. Uh, we were at Burger King. Um, and I'm asking him like all these like weird existential philosophical questions, telling him why I don't believe in God, uh, why I think the whole thing is like hogwash, right? And and he at one point he he tries his best to like you know answer my questions, but at one point he's like, look, Chris, I don't know the answers to all your questions, but let me tell you what Jesus means to me, and what the scriptures say about him, and. I actually walked away from that question being like, like whatever, man, right? Um, but man, that, that conversation was like that proverbial rock in my shoe that like, I, I just kept thinking about and returning to. And it would be years later, um, like I continued on as an, as an agnostic for a while, but it would be years later until like that seed that he planted eventually sprouted into faith in Jesus. You see... Like, maybe we should even consider, like, who Jesus' disciples were themselves, right? Like, who are the people that Jesus is, is commissioning? Like, do you, do, you, do you guys know the disciples' background? Like, these guys, his inner circle, this crew that he's talking to here in this text, they were not academic scholars. They didn't know all the right philosophical arguments. Uh, they didn't know the law of, the God, of God like, like other people did. Like, they weren't theologians. Uh, most of them were fishermen. They were farmers. They're just regular, ordinary dudes called by an extraordinary God to do an extraordinary work, to be fishers of men, to be disciple makers. You see, that kind of leads us into our third and last point, and that's the encouragement that we have from Jesus. Like, if you ever think, like, man, this, this task seems impossible. It seems hard. It seems daunting. Uh, Jesus gives us some encouragement and comfort at the end of verse 20. He says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that brings us to our third point, and that's just this comfort that Jesus assures. This comfort that Jesus assures. He says, Behold, I am with you. I am with you always to the end of the age. Like that is a certified promise. 
That's a certified promise from, again, the one who happens to hold all authority. You guys catch that? Like, Jesus began this whole thing by saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he lays out his command to go and make disciples, baptize and teach them. And then at the end of this commission, he says, now in this mission that I've called you to, in this mission that I've sort of placed in, in, in front of you, in this mission, I'm going with you. I'm rolling with you, right? Like, you're not going to go it alone. I've got you. There's this Christ-driven bravery that should just take root in the heart of a believer by an encouragement like that. Jesus is with us on this mission. He's with us on this mission. Now, we know that in Jesus, that in, in Christ, like, you know, he's with us always, right? We know that he's with us always, but it's interesting that Jesus makes the point that in this mission, in your going and making disciples, in your baptizing them as the church, in your teaching them things about God, how to live for his glory and, the, and, and how, to, how to live for the good of your neighbors, like in, in, in teaching them and in, in all of this, this, Jesus is saying, I am with you always. My my three-year-old daughter, um, she can be weird sometimes, right? Um, she can be weird sometimes. She, she, like, she used to really love the dark, right? Like, she'd, like, lock herself in a dark room and just, like, be playing with her toys for, like, hours or, like, looking under, under the door. Like, she still has the lights off. What is she doing in there? Um, we'd hear her, like, laughing and talking to herself, right? She used to love playing in the dark, but now she's, like, totally afraid of it. Now she... Like, she used to walk into those dark rooms, but now she, like, just, just runs from them. Now she's afraid of the dark. The, the, the other day, she was playing in the garage when, like, sort of that automatic timer on the garage light, it like, it, like, turned off, right? The lights were on. It's nighttime. She's playing in the garage, and the automatic timer turns off. And I hear, like, this high-pitched squeal. Right? And she starts running over to me. I was just inside the house, just inside the door. And she throws her arms around me and she says, Dad, hold me. And I'm like laughing, right? Like, like she just walked into the door and she's like, Dad, hold me. And she's like looking over her shoulder like that. And I'm like, sweetheart, like the, the, the shadow is not going to hurt you. And she says, I know, Dad, but, but just hold me. And man, it's tr- she's like, I know, Dad. But just hold me. I know, but just hold me. And so I had like this wonderful dad moment where I'm just kind of holding her and I'm standing in the middle of like this puddle on the floor because my heart basically just melted, right? <laughs> and I think like that, I realized like in that moment, like more than anything, um, she, didn't, she didn't care if, like whether the shadows would actually hurt her or not. She just wanted to know that her daddy was with her that her dad was near, that he was present. You see, that was an assurance of comfort to her. And Jesus gives us an assurance of comfort to us. He says, I am with you always. I'm with you always. Like literally in the original language, I mean, uh, he's saying, I am with you all the days. All the days. Like, man, we need to remember that. We'll need to remember that because there are days, there are days of great joy. There are days of like weighty sorrow. 
There are days of massive success, but there are also days of miserable failure. There are days of being honored for your integrity, but there will also be days of being mocked for your faith. There will be days that you just kind of want to shrink back. There will be days that you doubt yourself or you doubt sort of the power of God in and around you. But Jesus gives this assurance. He says, look, know that I have authority. I've got this and I'm with you. I'm with you all the days. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. The one who came on a mission that he accomplished now sends us to continue his mission alongside him. And we know we'll accomplish it. He says he'll be with us always and to the end of the age. He says, I'll be with you to the end of the age. And we know that Jesus is good on his promises, don't we? We know that he's good on his promises. We know that he's good on his assurance. We know because he indeed has been with them on that mission, right? Like these disciples that he's talking to, they made other disciples. And those disciples made other disciples that made other disciples that planted churches that planted churches. And disciples multiplied and churches multiplied. And the work that Jesus started more than than like 2,000 years ago has only grown and grown and grown, and we're here today because of that. We're here today because he was good on that promise. We're here today continuing in the same work that he started, in the same work that he commissioned them to. Fresh encounters with an ancient and timeless faith. That's what we're doing because Jesus is with his church. He's with us. Now, last verse, that last verse that we just read, it's a comforting insurance to us, isn't it? David Livingstone, he's this 19th century uh, sort of missionary to, to Africa, early 19th century. He, he had a rough go during his sort of missionary pilgrimage. And when uh, some journalists were asking him, what is it that kept you going, right? You saw no fruit. You persevered. You guys were getting sick and, and all this stuff. Like, what, what kept you going? Uh, and his answer was, he quoted this verse. Jesus said he'll be with us all the days to the end of the age. And when his wife died in Africa, he, he took some time to prepare for her funeral. He made the coffin with, with his own hands. Uh, it was like a remote area. He made the coffin himself. He, he helped lower the coffin into the grave, covered it with the earth. And then he opened his Bible to read the three verses that we were walking through this morning. He opened the Bible to read these three verses, three verses that marked his mission as a man, as a missionary, as a churchman, had marked his, him and his wife on their mission together. And then it said that he then turned to his African team associates and he said to them, look, Jesus is too much of a gentleman not to keep his word. Let us get on with the task. Let us get on with the task. You want to know what our mission is? We're called to spread 
the good news of Jesus. We're called to spread the way of Jesus, the King of the cross, through making disciples that make disciples, through planting churches that plant churches. And Jesus is with us the whole way through to the end of the age, to the day he returns, till the whole world is finally restored and made new. He's not going anywhere. And so we as a church family, we're going we're gonna to press into that promise. We're going to press into that promise, and by the grace of God, we will multiply disciples who live for his glory and the good of our neighbors through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the King's Cross Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about King's Cross Church or make a donation, please visit kx.church. Here at King's Cross, we believe that worship means more than just listening to a sermon, and we encourage listeners to be part of a local church gathering. For Sunday morning meeting time and location for King's Cross Church, please visit kx.church. Thanks again for listening.